At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Thursday the 15th, just baseball show. We're officially midway through the month of September, the final full month of the MLB regular season. The regular season goes like a little bit longer than I feel like it should. I feel like the regular season should end on September 30th, and then we just get into the wild card on October 1st. But alas, that doesn't happen, Peter Apple. By the way, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? How are you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out. I'm chilling. I'm hanging yes. loose. Um, tell you what, I typically am tight and sore. Uh, I am actually as loose as like I've ever been. I got um, <laughs> very interesting Monday. I was hoping to talk to Justin Steele with you. I could not do that. I'll get to why in a moment. But how was Steele? Steele was awesome. That interview it was available on the Wednesday episode. Had a sit down with him. Awesome. Awesome, dude. I mean, just yeah. super humble. He's shoving. I said it about four times in the interview because he is 3.18 ERA from Justin Steele. Just his developments year over year, especially with the eight years in the minor leagues. Then you go to the first season. Then what he's done in his second year with Chicago. Definitely go check out that interview. Really humble, down-to-earth guy. Came from a small town in Mississippi. Awesome conversation. Did he tell you when he's coming off the IL? Need it. <laughs> Yeah, one or two starts. I mean, it's it's just basically it's been a kind of a precaution. And it's funny, I looked up what the injury was and said it was like hamstring lower back. And then I asked him about it and he said, no, it really is my back. He pulled something more of I'm going to let him explain it. Go check out that interview. Go listen to it. Uh, Justin Steele, 31% sliders. Opponents are hitting 136 against Disgusting. his slider. And he just uses it more and more. We talk about throw your best pitches more. That's what he did. And he's awesome. Dude, if you figure out a pitch, just use it. Like, that's the thing. Jacob deGrom's fastball, obviously his slider is really good. Um, but Jacob deGrom's fastball, nobody touches. So what he did yeah. last year before he got hurt, so far this year, like, he's just throwing the fastball a lot because he can. And it's the least stressful pitch to throw. And he is thriving with it. I want to pull up the exact numbers on deGrom's fastball right now, even though he got rocked and he is officially over the hill washed up. I agree. I mean, he only had 10 strikeouts against the Cubs. Yeah, only 10 strikeouts against the Cubs. Oh. And he got he got taken bridge twice, right? Ian Happ with a dong. That was a crazy shot from Happ. I'm not saying that our interview with Justin Steele on the Cubs influenced that outing of the Cubs offense showing up against DeGrom, but it might have. I, I like how else are we going to describe it? 
right? It could have. Yeah. It did. You know what? It did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Screw it. <laughs> it did. It totally did. Um, I, I want to shout out DeGrom's uh, pitch usage numbers. Because in 2019, he was throwing his four-seam fastball 45% of the time. Sat 96.9. 2020, he sat 98.5, threw it 46% of the time. He said, wait, I could throw it harder and more often. So he sat (laughs) at 99.2, and he threw it 57% of the time last year. And he, again, sitting 99.2, throwing it 46% of the time this year. And opponents are hitting 143 against it. So if you have a really good pitch... Just throw it all the time until somebody figures it out. But before we get to some headlines, we also have some underrated free agents to talk about on yes. Tuesday's episode with Aram. We went over the 10 best big deals. Now we're going to do some underrated. And then on Friday, we're going to go over kind of some overrated. It's casual yeah. Friday. We're going to be a little bit meaner. This episode, we're going to be nicer. But Jack, the people are here for one reason, and they're here to find out what happened to you on Monday. Yes. Uh, so I was, and I'm like smiling. I'm good. I promise I'm good. Um, I was in a car accident on Monday, which was, you know, everybody's got like that car accident experience, right? I, I think everybody's been in, whether it's like a fender bender or not. Um, I was in a fender bender in 2018 and it was my fault. I was out on Cape Cod. Um, I mapped myself to a great clips. I was trying to get my hair cut on Cape Cod. and. I pull up to like this strip mall that I, I was told the gray clips was in and I don't see the fucking gray clips. I was like, where is it? So I was like looking through that strip mall. I was like, where's this haircut place? And I just totally rear-ended somebody. And like, <laughs> she got out of the, she got out of the car. I was like, what were you looking at? Cause she saw I wasn't on my phone or anything. And I was like, I was told there was a haircut <laughs> place in there and there isn't. And she said, your hair looks fine. You don't need a haircut. Was so, at least That's you got a, a compliment one. out of it. I got and a good you, one. Yeah. It's hard and to like, find those these days. We ended up like kind of being friends after all that, like after the exchange of insurance. This one, I'm not friends with the person. I got T-boned. So like I'm waiting to hear if my car's totaled or not. And that's a whole nother thing. It's a frustrating thing. Um, but like my passenger side door, it's got screwed. Thankfully, I was the only one in the car. Airbags went off on the passenger side, like horrible. I was taking a left at an intersection. You know, I was in the intersection when the light was yellow all the cars coming straight had slowed. So I started my left and then this car like 40 feet back just kept on coming and she just rammed me. Uh, so she ran a red. Um, I have a witness. I'm, I'm going to win the shit out of this thing. Like they already know it's not my fault at all. Um, but I've got a great story out of it. Um, this happens, right? Get T-boned car spins a little bit. Uh, airbags go off. I'm like shaking, obviously close my eyes, brace for impact. As soon as it happens, I get out of the car. My legs are trembling. I was like, Oh my God. Like I just got in a car crash. Um, the woman, you know, gets out, um, is like, sorry, sorry. But her boyfriend was kind of hurt. So she was, you know, going to talk to him. And within 30 seconds of getting hit by a car, I had this woman who was so clearly on crack walk from the gas station at the corner over to the trunk of my car. She was slamming fish and chips in a to-go box. She rests the fish and chips on my car, looks me dead in the eye and says, Hey man, can I get a dollar to get on the bus? I said, what? Uh... I just need a dollar to get on the bus. The bus driver was my witness. She was driving an out of service bus. The bus driver walks over. It's like, are you okay? I saw it. It was her fault. 
And this woman says again, hey, can I just get a quick dollar to get on the bus? The bus driver looks at her and says, get the fuck out of here. And she just walks away. It was it, like it was perfect. I needed that type of story to come out of an instant like this. And I totally got it. It was awesome. Indianapolis for you. Well, I am happy that you're okay. I'm sure all the listeners of the Just Baseball Show are glad that you're okay. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about Jack McMullen, but you can't say he isn't tough. Two days after a car crash, he's sitting right here about to talk about underrated free agents. I'm podcasting. Here's here's what happened. You got a little Cal Quantrill in you. Um, I got a little bit of Cal Quantrill in me. Are you talking grit? Or are you talking a three five one ERA at time of recording? The three five one ERA twelfth in the American League. Yeah, out of like what, <laughs> like seventeen qualified pitchers, like twelfth shows... in the AL sounds great. But then you realize that he's just ahead of like Cole Irvin, and it's like, oh yeah, he's been details, fine. details, details. I mean, you know what? It, you know what is Aram? Aram, if you're listening, better ERA than Pablo Lopez. Better ERA Braves fans. You like Charlie Morton? Cal Quantrill's been better. Sorry. Sorry, Braves fans. Andy's Cal Quantrill fans. owns your franchise. That's what my fantasy football league name is, or team name is in our Just Baseball Fantasy Football League. Is Cal Quantrill Cal- owns you. Guess what my record is? Want to know. Want to know. Is it because of him? I don't know. Well, yes. all we know is that wins matter with Cal Quantrill. Uh which is big wins also matter to the Toronto blue Jays who are playing very, very solid baseball yes. right now. September. Um, how do you feel about the American league East? And before I turn the floor over to you, the Yankees are six clear at Toronto who are half a game up on Tampa. Toronto's won seven to 10. The Yankees winning three in a row, taking mm-hmm. it to the Boston Red Sox is exactly what New York needed. Yes, I do think that the Yankees will end up winning this division. Yeah. Um, But I really do think it's going to be decided right in between the Rays and the Jays as it is right now. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm been pretty high on the Rays this whole season. It wasn't due to a record thing. It's just, I thought they were always going to sneak their way in. But when we talked about potential contenders for the World Series, I always look towards the Blue Jays because of how good Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman are at the top, that they have Jordan Romano and they have good bullpen pieces outside of that. The middle of their bullpen isn't very good, like to piece together the fifth and sixth inning. But yeah, once but you get you to seven, eight, that. nine, exactly, when we get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and their offense when they're so hot, that's why we liked them at the beginning of the season. Because when they're rolling, they're still one of the best teams in baseball. They've just had so many blow ups. So I don't know who's going to be first or second in that wild card, but I do think that both of these teams with the Mariners will be your three. And it sucks because the Orioles have really fallen off. And I, I we did think, and I thought that the Orioles really had a shot here based on their schedule, but the Orioles kind of had their chance. It's not over yet. It's yeah. not over yet, but it's looking increasingly and increasingly more like it will be Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners. They're four and six over their last 10, Toronto is. So they're they're five back of, of Tampa and Seattle for that final wild card. You mean Orioles are, Orioles, Orioles are four and six. Orioles, yeah. yeah. To, Toronto is a half a game clear of Seattle and Tampa for that wild card spot. So Toronto currently holds the first wild card spot. The only way that the American League wild card race gets any more exciting like another team enters the fold if baltimore doesn't get hot get hot quick is 
if the White Sox take over the division from Cleveland. And as of right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Cleveland's won eight of 10. They've won six in a row. The White Sox have been good. Cleveland's been better. I think Cleveland's putting this division away right now. And Cleveland just won. I mean, we're recording on Wednesday. They just won today. Rockies, it's in the uh, Rockies, White Sox, it's in the bottom of the night. So that will go to another game. And that's three nothing. It's three nothing Rockies over the White Sox right now. Yeah. So that would push it to four and a half. That would push it to four because Cleveland, yeah, they've already accounted for it. So it would push it to a four game lead over the White Sox. I, I know like no four game lead is safe here, but I I do feel like Cleveland has the upper hand. I think Cleveland is a postseason team and the White Sox are not. I agree, which sucks because I do have that ticket. White Sox to win the division minus 200. I yes, but... hope it still wins. You know, it's a good looking ticket, though. The A's stopped winning. So now that under win total is looking great. What what was the under coming into the year? Um, I have to check my ticket again. I think it was 58 and a half. They're Might 51 have been a- and 91. They've lost eight of their last 10. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been eyeing that one. I should know it off the top of my head. I, I could go find it later. I'll bring that to the next uh podcast. Um a little insight on the A's, but nobody cares about that. So no one's probably that worried about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um <laughs> no, I mean the American League wildcard race, I, I don't think it's gonna be that interesting, to be totally honest at this point. Like Baltimore didn't we have the feeling they were going to run out of gas? And I know that we all wanted to join the hype train and we were all on the hype train. Like, yeah, they could, they could absolutely do this. But I found myself personally saying like pitching, like starting pitching, does it actually, can it actually run through the tape? And um, whether we set it on the pot or not, like I don't think even Orioles fans, I don't think Orioles fans could look at this rotation and I, you can look at the bullpen and say, like, postseason caliber bullpen. I don't think you could look at the assortment of starting pitchers that the Baltimore Orioles were running out and say, yes, they can run through the tape. They can sprint to the finish line and get in. There was a chance if the stars kept aligning, but this is baseball. I feel like the stars don't align perfectly for 50 games for anybody. I was more optimistic than you were. I looked at the starting pitching like you did and said that the names aren't there, but they're performing. And they're just was really good. Yeah. And there were some wins there in Camden. There were some wins there on the road for the Orioles where they weren't supposed to win. And they just battled, they battled it out. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe this kind of goes beyond our common understanding of how baseball teams can win. Like sometimes there's an energy there, but that flame that was there has just not continued to ignite it's just died out we're gonna need we're gonna need to pause the podcast right now because what i think you're doing is is you're challenging my read on the beat of all 30 major league teams (laughs) i am i'm not only am i perfect but i i know what goes on in every clubhouse because i read the news (laughs) no i'm not saying you i'm not i'm not even saying you because you're coming at me dude you were right you were literally (laughs) right i'm saying that i was more optimistic about it because i i saw certain energy there but that energy didn't last like i thought it would last yeah the 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 pitchers who are Austin Voth, for example, like Dean Kramer, some of these guys, they just didn't last. Like I thought weirdly they could out of nowhere, but I think that was also more me wanting it rather than truly believing it. 
if you haven't seen the post-game interview with Ryan Mountcastle from Tuesday night's game, talking about hitting a homer off of former roommate Hunter Harvey, you got to go watch it. Masson did it with him. Uh, Kevin Brown, the TV announcer for the Orioles, said this was the most fun interview he's ever done. Uh, apparently, Hunter Harvey, after Mountie took him yard, just looked at him and laughed, and then the next time said, I'm going to hit you, <laughs> which is just so funny. So um, the Orioles have something good cooking, man. It's just, it. it's not 2022. Anyway. you yeah. got to be okay with it not being 2022. And I think every fan of any team in baseball has had the carrot dangled for a moment and then taken away one year. And I had it with the White Sox. To like 2020, I had it with the White Sox. I did not expect the Chicago White Sox to compete in 2020. Granted, 2020 is a Mickey Mouse season. Uh, the LA Dodgers have a Mickey Mouse World Series title. That's so, that's such bullshit. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> that is not true. Up. Um, that game also final, by the way, the White Sox uh, lose 3 nothing to Colorado. So it's officially a four-game deficit with Cease. Kyle, Kyle Freeland just beat Dylan Cease. Kyle Metaphor. Freeland, uh, yeah. <laughs> Might be a good pitcher. I understand the five-year deal now. <laughs> um, Rockies are just ahead of the curve. They're in, they're crazy, man. They 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 do mental gymnastics. Three wild card teams right now. The Mets took the division lead back from Atlanta. The three wild card teams in the National League as it stands right now. Atlanta ten games clear of the second wild card spot. So uh, it's gonna be Atlanta and the Mets. Philly is a game and a half clear of San Diego for the final wild card spot. Milwaukee is two back of San Diego, and then San Fran is ten back of San Diego. Do you think it's Atlanta, Philly, San Diego? Do you think it's New York, Philly, San Diego? Or do you think Milwaukee somehow gets in? Scherzer going on the IL doesn't help the Mets. But I do think that it will be Atlanta, Philly, San Diego. Those are the three better teams. Milwaukee is just not that good of a team. Like, they're a good team, not a playoff team. Yeah. Their pitching is great when Burns and Woodruff and Freddie are doing their thing. Yeah. You know, Ashby can give you good outings. Lauer can give you good outings. But the bullpen is not very good. The offense cannot hit a left-handed pitcher. They just, they just hit up Jordan Montgomery, which was good you never see the brewers do that but this is just not a like i just think the phillies the padres and the braves are definitely better and if they prove me wrong they prove me wrong but like again i'm not super high on the phillies or the padres either like i think these all three teams you can make an argument for why they should be playoff teams and why they shouldn't i'm not saying the brewers are far below the padres and the phillies i'm certainly not saying that but I'm also not saying that if the Brewers made it and one of those two teams fall out, that I'd be that surprised. Yeah. They're all this cluster of problems. Um, I just want quickly to have a conversation about Aaron Judge before we get to the underrated free agent deals. We um, did yesterday, said, but I'll do it again. I'll do it again. No worries. Hey, I said yeah, no, cool. Judge hit 56 and 57. Uh, can we talk about that? And you said... Let's hold off on Judge because he'll hit 58 and 59 tonight. We're recording at 522 on Wednesday. They play Brian Bale tonight. So we'll see if Judge, he might actually just fucking get to Maris tonight. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, he, what he is doing, and 
I feel like this is turning into the LeBron Jordan debate with the AL MVP. Like, oh my God, who cares? They're both awesome. Yeah. If Judge breaks Maris's record, give him the American League MVP for crying out loud. He's on the better team. He's a record breaker. It's one of the most celebrated records in baseball history. Do it. Oh, Tyron, you'll get another chance. You're right behind He'll me. get a billion more chances. If he stays on the field, he does both. Uh, it's 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 just it's it's gotten so weird. I they're all the communities that do this who continue to fight back and forth almost make this not fun anymore. Isn't this supposed to be fun? Aaron Judge is going for 62 home runs. Shohei Otani pitches and hits. This should be a fun argument. There's one community that says you're an idiot for thinking Aaron Judge. Like, Otani does all this. You know, if you replace them, it would so be Otani. If you believe that the team is better, you are stupid. And then there's the other Yankee people who it's like, you're an idiot for thinking Otani. Like, look at the war. Look at the war. Both these sides make me not even like this race anymore when it's supposed to be the best race ever. This should be elite, but you go on Twitter, you go on any social media app, people freak out in opposite directions, and it's annoying, and it's a pissing me off. And Judge is going to win it whether you like it or not. Let's let's give the audience just a firm dose of reality. Fair? Sure. I'm an idiot in so many ways. Peter's an idiot in so many ways. You, Some. the listener, are an idiot in so many ways. Don't be an idiot for arguing about Judge and Otani. They're both awesome. Like, who? it's not that big of a deal. I, I understand the, the debate. Like, the debate can be fun, but in good faith, recognize that you're not wrong either way. It's your definition of what an MVP should be. We are all understanding that Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. He's on the Yankees. The Yankees are in the playoffs. The Angels suck meat. Suck That's the meat. reality. That's how the voters vote. Okay? I know you know that in the back of your mind. But the people who say that people who think Aaron Judge are idiots because they're resulting in a, in a team base award and a war, like, come on now. Give Judge his credit. But on the same side... Yankee meat writers understand that Otani, if you put Otani on the Yankees and took Judge off it, they'd still be in first place, people. They'd still be in first place. If you put Judge on the Angels, they'd still suck. Probably. Like, that's the reality of it, too. It's very close. It's a fun debate. And you could go either way, and you're not wrong either way. But for some reason, both sides think the other side is incredibly wrong. If I knew going into recording the podcast today that I was going to call the listener an idiot and you were going to utter the words suck meat, <laughs> I would have said no to recording. I would have said, let's just skip the podcast today. We'll do it tomorrow. That's good radio. That's when you said, yes, that's we should do two hours. Today. Yes. If it's, it's going to be about sucking meat and calling each other idiots, that's and calling our beautiful listeners idiots. They're not even idiots. I mean. We're You're, all idiots in different ways. We're all idiots. idiots. So, <laughs> uh, Liz, and, and that's why this episode's never ending, actually. We're going to do six hours, and you're going to like it. You're going to um, like it. Before we get to underrated deals, want to tell you guys about Diet Smoke. 
Fair. You got the product? All right. You hold up the product. I'll read. Uh, Diet smoke is the solution to avoid those, oh shit, I'm way too high moments. Diet smoke makes Delta 8 THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. They're gummies, they're drinks, they're vapes. They're not only delicious, they are guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz you've been looking for without melting you into the couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American-grown hemp, meaning they can ship directly to your door. No prescription, no sketchy weed dealer, no need to even leave the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors, so no matter what type of mood you're in, they've got you covered. So if you're ready for that perfect high, head over to dietsmoke.com, use code JUSTBASEBALL, one word, JUSTBASEBALL, for 15% off your entire purchase. Must be 21 and older to order. You are holding what? You're holding a canister so and you're holding a bag. So these are the watermelon flavored. These are the mango flavored. What are they? Gummies? They're gummies. The watermelon's really good. Haven't opened, as you see, it's unsealed, but I just put in another order to Diet Smoke. I use Coach Just Baseball and I got the I got the discount. I actually clicked the link in our description. After I read your guys or I heard your guys' ad, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go buy them. So even though I got these for free from a guy from our people at Diet Smoke, I wanted some more because they're actually great. So I'm usually a melatonin guy. I'm usually yeah. a melatonin guy, but I've been using them to go to bed. I'm getting such sound sleep. So that's how I use them. Depending on how you want to use them, they taste really good. Use code just baseball in our episode description. Bang it. Bang. Um, yeah, good to know. Okay, what do, what do you think of the ad read execution? You heard the first one. Now you heard the second one live. What do you think? Is there anything that I can improve on there? You have you should read ads for a living. I mean, your voice, the way it glides across the ad, is you've been there, done that. It's kind of like Judge, 58 and 59, you reading ads, been yeah. there, done that. So I, I'm not here for that. I'm here for constructive criticism. I need you to tell me where I suck. So next time, put your big boy pants on and insult the shit out of me. You could do it on the diet smoke. Like you could have taken it edible and done it as is and tough through it. Oh, man. I, I ain't like that purple devil emoji. We got to be sober. We got to be. We got to be. Yeah, we're here, man. We're here. fired up. Um, let's talk value deals from this past offseason because we're nearing the end of the year, whether it be for a contender or a team that is just limping to the finish line. There are at least 10 guys that signed value deals for their club that have provide more than what they were compensated to do. Um, I've got 10 names here. I'm saving the best for last. But I do want to start with a guy that should have been an all-star. Was he an all-star? I'm blanking. Current Padre, now former Red Brandon Drury. Um, I don't think he was an all-star. I don't think Drury was an all-star. Drury, regardless, signed a one-year $900,000 minor league deal with the Cincinnati Reds, and he has been much more than the ringer for the Louisville Bats. He put together an all-star caliber first half of the season, and he got them a trade return heading to San Diego, and yes, he is on the seven-day injured list, but if San Diego does sneak into the postseason, Brandon Drury might play a legitimate role in that team's success. Yeah, Brandon Drury was snubbed from the All-Star team. I mean, the guy has a 121 WRC plus on the season. He's a two-and-a-half war guy. You said he was paid how much? One year, $900,000. It was a minor league free agent deal. So, if we're going off the... You get paid $8 million per 1.0 F war. 
he's been worth about $20 million this year. And the Padres not only got him for cheap and then got the best out of him, the Reds did. Then they traded him to the Padres, got a prospect out of it for $900,000. It doesn't get better than that for the Cincinnati Reds. 25 jacks. Since he's moved over to the Padres, he hasn't been that great, but he's also not just fallen off a cliff and you think to yourself, oh, this was just a great American good first half. Like he can hit, he can play in this league. And I'm sure the Padres aren't upset that they traded for him. I know he's on the IL right now, but 900,000 for 2.5 F war, 25 home runs and a near 500 slugging slugging percentage with a 121 WRC plus. Yeah, I'll take that. Good, great value. Doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. Um, Another guy who is, not putting up anywhere close to the value that Brandon Drury is, but still signed a really good value deal is Mark Canna. And you could say, well, he's making over 10 million a year, but let's put it in perspective here. Mark Canna signed a two year, $26.5 million deal with a club option at 11 and a half for 2024, age 33, 34, and 35 season. Canna is making $12 million this year, 10 and a half next year, and he's got that club option for 11 and a half the year after. What Canna has done on a two-plus-one deal in the Mets' favor after they paid more money to Eduardo Escobar is really impressive. And he's been worth more than, what, the $13.5 million that they're paying him, 2.4 F-War. Yes. So that's around around $20 million he's been worth. He's hit you 12 home runs, got a 130 WRC+. plus. So that means he's been 30% above league average. And this is a guy on a Mets team that has struggled with injuries this year. Not Mark Canna, though. Mark Canna has played 122 games, looks healthy, has been a staple in their lineup all season, and has just been kind of above average everywhere. Um, and I think, for example, the last time he was above a 130 WRC plus was 2019. Like 2020 in the shortened COVID season, he, he put up a 129. Then in 2021, 117. So you actually got better than he was in a contract year. That doesn't always happen. No. So you're getting better value there. Great signing by the Mets. Yeah, and, and I do take it back. Canna signed two years, 26 and a half. Escobar signed two years, 20. He has a club option for nine, but that's comparable money. And that for... doesn't even really matter. Like no, he's outperformed the 13 million and he's been way better than Eduardo Escobar. Like Eduardo Escobar was the most hated in Queens for a long time because he couldn't hit. <laughs> like Mark Canna's hit second because Marte's out. Was was Canna the most slept on Oakland A? I think Sean Murphy was the go-to answer there. But you had the Mats, you had Loriano, like Olsen and Chapman, Loriano. You like had Canna's some of the pitchers. better than Loriano. Like, Canna's better than Loriano. Like way better. So I think Mark Canna was the most slept on because his brand of baseball is not particularly sexy, but whatever. Yeah. Um 12 home runs is not sexy, but you give me those, a 369 OBP. And you're kind of good everywhere. Burns, those sideburns are kind of really hot. <laughs> you put kind of really. Why not just hot? They are hot. They were because they offset. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't really think they're hot. I just kind of think they're really hot. <laughs> I think that's fair. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Tommy Pham signed one year six with Cincinnati with a $6 million mutual option. If it is declined, Cincinnati's still going to pay it. But Tommy Pham, in his age 34 season, has been much better than a $6 million player. 
with the opportunity for him to make six with the Boston Red Sox next year as a 35-year-old. Yeah, Tommy Pham's war isn't great, so he's worth one more this year. So he has been worth more than $6 million. So just let's get that out of the way. But 16 home runs, eight steals. He just hasn't hit for, you know, hasn't hit a bunch of doubles this year, but is walking at almost a 10% rate. 95 WRC plus. He has been more than I think what you thought you'd get out of a $6 million guy. And that's what we're talking about here. Value. Yes. Is, is it probably the worst on this list? Yes. Are we still going to talk about it? Also, yes. Yes. Um, we don't have to spend much time on Tommy Pham, although it is fantasy football season. It is fantasy football season. And that'll do it with Tommy Pham. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex Cobb, next guy, San Fran. Cobb signed two years, 20. He's making nine this year, nine next year, a $2 million buyout. Uh, if the club declines a $10 million option in 2024, that's age 34, 35, and 36. Cobb has not been Carlos Rodon. Cobb has not been Logan Webb, but Cobb has been a middle of the rotation guy for the San Francisco Giants. Better than middle of the rotation, I think. And if you look at the peripherals, I mean, the peripherals love Alex Cobb 284 XFIP, 289 FIP, 3.13 XERA to a 348. ERA been very, very unlucky this year, but it started to normalize because he's continued to put together really good starts in the second half of the season. He's a three war pitcher that makes less than what he's deserved. Really good season for Alex Cobb when it started off terribly, but the stuff is there. He's put together some big outings. Alex Cobb has been a great addition and kind of what I mean, he was another one of the guys who I really liked at the beginning of the season, too, because I thought the stuff kind of returned last year, and it proved to be true. He's been even better than he was last year. And if you look at like a 292 FIP in 2021, 289 FIP again. So he could be even better next year. He's also at about 40 more innings than he was last year. And I know last year was injury hampered, but Alex Cobb, what he has done this year is stay away from serious damage. Started 24 games, got a 3.48 ERA and 129 in the third innings as it stands right now. Striking out just over nine guys per nine, but walking 2.6 guys per nine, which is a very good clip. How about 0.6 homers allowed per nine? That is nine home runs in 542 batters paced. So nice ground ball rate of his career. He, he knows how to pitch. He knows, knows how, to how to not get blown up. He knows how to get outs, and, and it's very impressive. My guy, Johnny Cueto, mm-hmm. next one. Johnny Cueto was signed to, like, a prove-it deal with the White Sox. I saw him gearing up in Charlotte. He made one of his last starts. I think it might have been his last minor league start with Charlotte against Indianapolis. Cueto signed one year 4.2, and they had until, I want to say, May 15th to add him to the MLB roster. If they didn't do it, they would just send him back into the ether. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't send him back into the ether. One of the best value deals of the year. Johnny Cueto, 3.09 ERA with the Chicago White Sox. And no, no, no. You said 0.9. No, I said 3.09. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> In 139 innings. But basically 0.39. That's what it seems like. I mean, that's what it seems like with Johnny Cueto. He's been dominant this year. He's been absolutely dominant. The peripherals, again, don't love him because he doesn't strike anybody out and he can give up some hard contact, but he grinds through innings. And it's it's one of those guys where I could say, oh, yeah, but he doesn't deserve it. Look at the peripherals. No, he fucking deserves it. 
Johnny Cueto, 3.09 ERA. Suck on that. Yeah, Suck we, on that, haters. I was one of the haters. I'm sucking on it. You know who else had a lot of haters was Martin Perez with Texas. Signed yes. one year four as a 31-year-old Martin Perez. This guy had, honestly, I would have guessed Martin Perez was 36. He's 31 years old. One year, $4 million. He hits the open market again. He's going to get a lot more than one year, $4 million next year. 172 innings for the Texas Rangers this year. A workhorse at a 277 ERA, 35 F4. This guy strikes out, you know, he's been striking out the most hitters that he's ever had in his career. He's walking near the lowest at his career. I mean, this is a career year for him. And what else can we say about Martin Perez? He has been everything and more that the Rangers ever could have imagined and probably the most impactful player for the Rangers this year. Think about it. They have the offense. Adolis Garcia is going to be a 25-25 guy. You could say Seager, you could say Samian, but it's not like they've been otherworldly. And if we're looking at F4 rankings on the Rangers, Martin Perez is right there. And what's been the Rangers issue all year? Starting pitching. John Gray has been good, not great. He's also been dealing with a little bit of injuries here and there. So Martin Perez throwing 172 innings. Like what's been more important for the Rangers this year? Who has been more important than Martin Perez? Right. What What's the common saying that the blonde girl at the bar versus your wife? Adolis Garcia has been the blonde girl at the bar that you're like, wow, she's really pretty. But then you go home to your wife, who is awesome. awesome. Martin Perez is the rock in Texas Rangers fans' lives. Agreed. Martin Perez is your wife. Martin Perez is your wife. <laughs> now go home. Go home. Go home. <laughs> Another one. Jose Quintana signed a great deal for Pittsburgh, man. One year, $2 million. They flipped him for Malcolm Nunez and Johan Oviedo along with Chris Stratton at the deadline. Quintana was really good with Pittsburgh. And and the Pirates signed two of these guys. One did not make the list. Daniel Vogelbach was probably just on the outside looking in, and the Pirates were able to flip him for a reliever in Colin Holderman, who was kind of a pop-up with a lot of team control. So they did well with Vogelbach. They did great with Jose Quintana in this one-year, $2 million deal. It's been incredible. I mean, 3 ERA for Jose Quintana. 3-1-6 FIP, 3.1 F4, 143 innings pitched. He's not a huge strikeout guy. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to make you run to the TV screen to watch Jose Quintana. But the value, the value was there, and I love a good value signing. And then you mentioned it yourself. The Pirates got everything they needed out of him and then just flipped him for prospects. And that was probably their plan from the jump. You never admit it, but those types of deals, like the Melanchthon and Kennedy deal, that is absolutely what everybody had in mind. Yeah, Quintana, it's, listen, if you suck, then we only owe you $2 million. If you're good, then we can trade you for a prospect. That was a Ben Charrington masterclass. It was good. It was good. That was a masterclass. Doesn't get better than that. Drury was a masterclass by the Reds. Yeah. Quintana was a masterclass by the Pirates. Masterclasses. Uh, I love Jose Quintana. From his White Sox days, I'm, I'm in love. I love him. Stan. He's the love Stan. Of my, he's the love of my life. I know, but also what happened from 2017 to 2021? Uh, not good, Peter. But before that, good, okay. Peter. Yeah, I'm just curious. I don't know what happened. 
Real good. I think 91 on the corners didn't play as well from 2020, from 2018 to 2021. And now it's playing whenever it was hundred. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. I'm, I'm here for it. Another guy, 33 year old Matt Moore signed one year, two and a half with the Rangers. He hits the open market again. Matt Moore has been solid for the Texas Rangers. Better than solid. What are you sleeping on Matt Moore over here? This two one four ERA. Sleeping on Max Moore, Matt Moore, striking out ten guys per nine in sixty three innings. Been one of the best left handed relievers in the American League this year. Remember the Matt Moore who was the number one pitching prospect in the world. Mm -hmm. And now he's in the bullpen for the Rangers and dominating. Mm -hmm. Good for Matt Moore. All right, Matt Moore, top ten Cy Young finish in twenty thirteen as a twenty four year old. 143 punch outs and 150 innings had a 3290 ERA. He was a starter. He went from a really good starter to not a good starter anymore. And he turned into a good bullpen arm. I also think it's the most Rays thing. Like in 2011 with the Rays, 289 ERA is in nine innings. 2012, 381. 2013, 329. 2014, 270 ERA. Then 2015, he has a rough year in 63 innings. Gone. Like, didn't give him another chance. But yeah, gone. ditch him. Gone. But they realized that he had about a year and a half of team control left. So I know. They, they send him to San Fran, and he loses 15 games of the five-and-a-half ERA. But don't you think that it's interesting that they, they didn't think, oh, like, maybe we can get um, a better deal because he had a bad year and re-sign him? Nope, they were just like, we saw enough. We're good. Yeah, see you, man. Peace. Raise. I'm Raise. not doing it. I'm not buying it. Raise. Raise. Uh, next one that we got for you. Let's see. After Matt Moore, ooh, this might be the best one. Mm. Tyler Anderson has been a freak. Freak. Tyler Anderson signed one year, I do believe, for $8 million, maybe eight and a half as spot track loads. One year for $8 million. All Tyler Anderson has done so far this year is win games and wreck people with a changeup that is better than anybody could have ever anticipated coming from Tyler freaking Anderson. This was such a Dodgers masterclass. I mean, Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson had a 4-5-3 ERA between two teams in 2021. 4-3-7. The peripherals, nothing pointed you to success with a guy like Tyler Anderson. And then what do the Dodgers do? They pair him with Andrew Heaney, and they say, you know what? We think we can figure you out and make you a really good pitcher. And Tyler Anderson was not only an all-star, but has been one of the best left-handed pitchers in all of baseball this year. 97th percentile in hard hit rate. 94th percentile in chase rate for Tyler Anderson. Like Tyler Anderson, Jack. They basically said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to throw your four seam, you're going to throw your changeup, and you're going to throw your cutter. And basically, that's it. And I'm trying to just, I, it's so hard to figure out what he did differently. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> just like Dodgers. He, but he spots. That's the thing. I know. So, about 70% of the time, he's throwing a four-seamer or a changeup. 22% of the time more, he's throwing a cutter. So that means he's got about 8% of his pitches to work with after that. 
um, his four-seam fastball, he knows exactly where it's going. If you look at the heat map, he knows exactly where it's going. Yep. The changeup, he knows exactly where it's going. And the cutter, he knows exactly where it's going. Yeah. Is there much pitch separation there in terms of velocity? Not particularly. But things have to move just a little bit. And and it has people guessing. If he can deploy any of those three pitches at any moment and they're all really good, then pitching becomes simple for Tyler Anderson. And it is because he's got a weird hitch. That leg kick, that weird funky leg kick that we see probably fucks with hitters' minds. 85 miles an hour is the average exit velocity of a batted ball against Tyler Anderson. That's so That good. is top 10 in all of baseball. That's so good. So good, People Dodgers. Don't barrel him. No, put them on the $8 ground. Dollars. I would pay eight million dollars out of my own pocket, and I'm dealing with car insurance right now. I would pay eight million out of my own pocket for someone to never barrel somebody <laughs> on my favorite team. Tyler Anderson, three point four F four. So he's been worth about twenty seven million dollars this year. He's making eight. He's making eight. Albert Pujols is making two and a half. <laughs> Dude. Dude. Did you see? Albert Pujols, what a value signing by the Cardinals. He's worth 1.1 more. He has a 140 WRC plus this year, Jack. 140. Doesn't strike out. 18 bombs. Wow. You know what the last time Albert Pools had a 140 WRC plus check? Um, last year in St. Louis. Last year in St. Louis. What year was that? Was that 2010? 11. 2011. Never was this good with the Angels. Never. That is depressing. I saw a note. I don't remember who tweeted it out. The the lowest OPS of Albert Pujols' Cardinal career was better than his highest OPS as an LA Angel. Oh yeah, oh yeah, not even close. the The first year with Los Angeles in 2012, he was good. Hit 30 bombs, drove in over 100, 285, 343, 516 slash line with a 133 WRC plus but then played 99 games and was a little bit above league average. Then he had a pretty, and then he again had a solid season. Then a decent season. He had a, actually at 40 home runs in 2015. Uh, he's been like kind of good forever. But he wasn't Cardinals. Or I look, it's he just wasn't 20, 2017 to 2021 is when he fell off. But like he was not bad with the Angels. Yeah, but something's different when he's a St. Yes. Louis Cardinal. And yeah, something is obviously different again when he is a St. Louis Cardinal. Four best OPSs among players with 20 or more games since the All-Star break. Aaron Judge, number one. Albert Pujols, number two. Mike Trout, number three. Eloy Jimenez, number four. Eloy Jimenez being on that list is funny as hell. Just the fact that Albert Pujols in 2022 is nestled in between Mike Trout and Aaron Judge... Sweet. Do you think he gets to 700? This year? Yeah. It's three-way. I do. Why not? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Has yeah. to. Has to. 
Just play them every fucking day. <laughs> every day. Every day. If day there's a pitcher a on game, the mound, play him. if there's a pitcher on the mound throwing under 95 miles an hour, put him in. I don't care if it's righty left anymore. He's too good. Honestly, he might be able to get to DeGrom. Not wrong. I don't think the Mets play the Cardinals, but he might be able to get he might be able to catch up to Strider 103 upstairs. I just also thought like his 697th home run was to take the lead. They yeah, were down. He's, he's the he best. Is, the, is he the best pinch hitter in baseball this year? I gotta figure that out. Uh, 140 WRC plus this honestly. year. Albert Pujols has been 40% above league average, ladies and gentlemen. Get some diet smoke. Use code just baseball and think about that for a second. Bro, I'm trying to wait. All players, I want qualified players as a pinch hitter. Do we have this? I am. I'm trying, man. Wilmer Flores in 17 plate appearances has a 1243 OPS as a pinch hitter. Elite. That's kind of crazy. Bro, Trent Grisham, a really good pinch hitter. Dude, where are you at, Albert? Come on. No, I have no idea. Um, who who else is on the list, though? That's it. Albert was the last one. No, no. Who no? Who else is on the pinch hitter list? That's kind oh, of a pinch hitter list. list? Um, Charlie Blackman is uh, three for six with a nuke, so he's got an 1850 OPS. Wilmer Flores, really good. Seth Brown, really good. Jared Walsh, a couple of bombs as a pinch hitter. Trent Grisham, solid. Alejandro Kirk, solid. Rowdy, Santiago Espinal, Adam Frazier, Tony Kemp, Mike Yastrzemski. That's it. Wait, wait, remember how much I love the Tony Kemp signing at the beginning of the year? I haven't yeah. checked on his stats in a while. Let's see oh, if he's providing enough value. It? Let's see. Tony. So Tony Kemp was signed for $2.25 million. 634 he's you, OPS. He's giving you 0.9 more this year. Dude. Five home runs, eight steals. Yeah, just 61 strikeouts and 487 plate appearances. That in all is a 12.5K rate. If I said, Jack, beginning of the season, I'm going to give you a utility man who's going to give you a 90 WRC+. plus. He's going to give you five homers, eight steals in a big ballpark. In a big ballpark. And play everywhere on the infield. What would you think? Would you take that? Uh, I would think about it. Now, let me counter. If I could give you a utility man who is in the first percentile in average exit velocity, would you take it? Yes. Because I'd rather have be, <laughs> I'd rather be at the extremes. A 20th average exit velo guy is just boring. Give me the bunt base hit. Give Ferrari. me the blooper. For our YouTube folk, this is his baseball savant. <laughs> Look at those reds. Tony Kemp might have the funniest baseball savant ever. 94th percentile in K rate. Look at my percentile in whiff rate. He's 25th percentile in sprint speed. Tony Kemp's not even fast. That sucks. That that I didn't This know. is such a funny baseball savant. Look at Miles Straws. Oh, yeah, I'll, throw, I'll look at straws. Vile straws is aggressive. So some people call that analysis. I call it bubble watching. Yeah. Miles straw. If we go bubble watching on straw. Oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is good. It's a lot of blue and then a lot of red. 
just aggressive in every single direction. Yeah, I love that. I'm kind of here for that. Uh, and then we'll take a peek at Jordan Alvarez's as well. Um, Actually, Judge. Let's do Judge. <laughs> Is that what we're going to do for the end of the podcast, or should we just do this on our own time? I, I'm sure people are interested in it. I think Judge. Bubbles. A lot of red. So much a hundred. A lot of red. Not even 99s, 100s. 100 in average exit below, 100 in hard hit rate, expected slugging, expected weighted on-base average, barrel percentage. Um, that's it for me, man. That's it for me, too. Um, Luis Arise is now ahead of Xander Bogarts for the AL lead in batting average at 319. Yep. Not the Aaron, batting title. Aaron Judge has 20 more home runs than Kyle Schwarber. Um, Aaron Judge has about 10 more RBIs than Jose Ramirez for the league lead. Pete Alonso leads it in the National League. Um, Freddie Freeman leads all baseball and hits, followed by Trey Turner, Jose Breu in the American League. Stolen base, John Birdie and Cedric Mullins lead both leagues. Pitching leaders, Kyle Wright has 18 wins. Kind of elite. Yeah. Um, Justin Verlander leads the American League. Earn run average, Verlander and Cease lead it in the American League. Julio Arias in the National League. Saves led, led by Emmanuel Classe and Kenley Jansen in each league. Strikeouts, Colin Burns, quality starts, Framber. Just thought I'd do a quick rundown. Yeah, most stolen bases against among catchers. Jacob Stallings, number one. Austin Nola, number two. Jonah Heim and Kiebert Ruiz round out the top four. Wasn't that Stallings guy supposed to be the good defender for the Marlins? I think so. And with that, thank you, everybody.